It's the Dogcast, episode number 201. We got Gamecocks coming to town, guys. This season ain't over. Let's get after some ass. Dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 201. We open up SEC play this week against South Carolina, coming off a loss in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Whew, boy, what a week. Old Dog, we had the Labor Day holiday. The guys, the guys came back. They practiced Sunday night, had Monday off, practiced Tuesday, practiced Wednesday. We are installing Getting Ready. For the Gamecocks to visit Athens this weekend. We play on ESPN this weekend, Saturday night. ESPN 2. Yeah, the deuce. You're right. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, yeah, preparation for this show, man. I, I'm, st- You know, we could. everybody's got a million things to say. Everybody is on Joe Cox's ass. Everybody is on Coach Rick, Coach Fabris, Coach Bobo, Coach Searles. Everybody's bad. Everybody's on everybody's butt except Coach Martinez. He has kind of escaped. I bet he's enjoying this time, not in not in the uh, the spotlight, if you will. Yeah, he probably is, but uh, you know, not to be a naysayer. But unfortunately, I bet before the season's over. We'll be back chewing his ass, too. We might be. You're right. But uh, we've got the old ball coach coming to Athens this weekend. I guess we should lead off because at the time we went to, at the time we recorded on Sunday, it was not for sure that Trenton Sturdivant was out. I can't imagine that everybody doesn't know this now, but Trenton Sturdivant is out for the season and is going to be replaced by Vince Vance, who graded out pretty good. And uh, he played about 20, 25 plays on Saturday and uh, is going to continue to be the starter at left tackle. Old Dog, you got any comments about the Trenton Sturvett thing before we get into game well, prep? Well, I just, I just hate that for the kid. And, I mean, I hope that he can come back and he needs to keep three words in his head, Dr. James Andrews. Mm. You're, giving out, you're giving out medical referrals now? Yeah, because I'm telling you. If if you've got a problem, that's the guy to go to. I hear you. Well, I hate it for him, too, because the kid worked so hard. He really did. Uh, you know, and it, it more than anything, you just – we hated losing him last year. He sat out a whole football season. That's just traumatic for someone that wants to play. Right. First game, third quarter. And all over again. Unbelievable. A tough road back for him. Really I know. And I, I really, our hearts go out to him, man. I mean, because that kid really is a hardworking kid, and I think he's a great bulldog, and he's trying his heart out. I mean, I can't even say that about every player on every team, but I'll tell you, Trent Sturdivant's getting it done, and he deserves better. But sometimes that's the way it breaks out, you know. So we've got uh, – we're not going to talk about – I'm not talking about the Oklahoma State game anymore. That that game is gone. It's over. It's in the past. Let's try to not talk about it, okay? I know we're going to have to bring it up a little bit when we talk about offense and we talk about kickoff team and stuff like that. 
Old Dog, Gamecocks, coming to town. We've got to start talking about it. Well, before we talk about them, Ed, because, I mean, I'm not going to be able to concentrate on that until I get something off my chest. Oh, my gosh. Somebody, please bring an assault rifle and just take out Coach Fabris <laughs> before the kickoff of the South Carolina game. And and Coach Rick, I've had enough of your damn double speak. Stand up and be a man. You, Coach Rick, you were quoted this summer as saying you wanted a kicker that could boom it out of the end zone and you would go to Poland to find one. With two scholarships, he said. And now and now you're giving us this little namby pamby crap that well, you know, the longest kick we had it was returned the furthest, blah blah blah. Well the reason it was turned the furthest is because we've got shit <laughs> for kickoff coverage. <laughs> Directional kicking isn't any good and if you can kick the goddamn <laughs> ball into what? the end zone, they won't run it Old back dog. and it'll come to the twenty. And what is really distressing more than anything else is on the fifth quarter show, and, yeah, we do do a little research if you don't think we're just flying off the handle. A.J. Bryant and Keelan Johnson, both former players, both special team participants, said it wouldn't matter whether the dogs had a kicker who could put it in the end zone, out of the end zone, kick it out of Sanford Stadium, that Coach Fabris likes to challenge of directional kicks, and that's just the way it is. And as long as Coach Fabris is there, we need to get used to it. Well, then we need to get his old, funky ass out of Athens. <laughs> okay, whoa, old dog. There was a lot of bad words in what you just said. Well, I'm going to put, can, I'm have to put an explicit tag on that thing. Well, you may need to. Okay. But I, but I had to get that off my chest in basically two things. Is Coach Rick... You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. Don't flip-flop like our current president. You and I both know we need a kicker who can put it out of the end zone. Don't let this old Skeletor-looking idiot talk you into anything else. We need to kick it out, kick it in the end zone, and we need our best players on the field to try to tackle when we don't. I agree. Now, I've got that off my chest. I've said all I need to on that, and we can go along with the show. Wow. I had no idea you were opening with that tonight. <laughs> I know you were a little – I agree. Coach Rick did say, we need a kicker. We need an end zone kicker. If I have to go to Poland with two scholarships, I'm going to get an end zone kicker. And now he's like, well, we kind of like that directional kick. The the deep kicks we kick are the ones that are returned. That's ridiculous. And And I'll tell you what. I may be the guy in the stands Saturday night with the sign that says, Coach Rick, go to Poland. Exactly. We need to kick the ball out of the end zone. If you don't believe it, look at Brandon Smith's, look at Brandon Smith's performance, trying yeah. to return it from eight yards deep. We know right. he's got look what, wheels. Look what happens. Exactly. We know he can run the ball. We know he's got wheels, and he gets to like the 12, you know? Yeah. So okay, we're, we're we swerved into rehashing now. We can't. We got to well, swerve out Well, we're not going to do that. And and I've gotten the kick. I've gotten the Coach Fab stuff off my chest. We can go along with the show now. But Coach Fab at the end of the season needs to go. Okay. And so, his whole and, the, and his and his whole philosophy. Yes. 
And in the words of the, but in the words of David Hale, you know, we got to dance with the girl who brought us right now because there's not going to be any major. You know, Coach Rick is not going to make any wholesale changes no, after but one also, forty but point also loss. In the words of Granny Hawkins, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. <laughs> and directional kicks don't work. Exactly. Okay, so we got the possibility. You know, a lot of people were talking about Caleb King coming back this week. Yet he's still practicing in green. Hallelujah. <laughs> Old dog. Hallelujah. Do you the have any savior. thoughts about Caleb King coming back this week? It couldn't hurt. The it, more the merrier. It can't hurt. And I just hope that Brian McClendon isn't as stupid as Tony Ball and Mike Bobo and forget to put him in. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know. See, we're just talking about we're talking about the news of the week, dog fans. If you haven't heard, Coach Bobo We've got a little dissension in the ranks, which frankly confuses me and gets me a little – it disappoints me, honestly. Because Coach Rick says in the Sunday press conference that we'd made a decision. We decided – he used the word decided – not to play Wooten and Marlon Brown, or Tavis Wooten and Marlon Brown. We decided not to play those guys. You asked Tony Ball the same day, wide receivers coach. He says, I forgot. I – Pure oversight. I forgot they were on the sidelines. I forgot that Michael Moore played 56 off 56 plays. You know, I forgot that we had Marlon Brown on the sidelines. And I promise this week I'm going to remember that he's on the sidelines. So I'm a little disappointed. How could you forget that you have Marlon Brown on the sidelines? Well, you know, and 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 Derek, I got to agree with you. And I'm disappointed on two and two different levels. First off, is I'm disappointed that they think we're damn stupid enough to believe it. Right. And I'm also disappointed is if you're going to make shit up, at least get everybody <laughs> together on the same page. Apparently, Bobo and Ball got together, but they forgot to bring Coach Rick in on the line. <laughs> Man, old dog, you are nothing but bitter right now, dude. You know, I mean, Look, come on. Okay. You know, no one can cover their ass better than me. I've got, and you've got, you, you know, you've got to get everybody on the same page. Okay, wait a second. Now, okay, I'm going to squelch this, okay? Because I know that we have a certain niche out there that loves to hear old dog just rail and all that. I, I get that. But we're not going to be all negative. I'm not, like, swinging from my shower rod with my shoestrings no, or anything. No, neither am I. But, uh, my point is, do they think we are stupid enough to believe that two intelligent men, one an offensive coordinator of a major college program, and the other who was a receivers coach at Virginia Tech, running back coach at the University of Georgia, switched over to switch over to the receivers coach only has six receivers that he forgot about two of them i know come on <laughs> i mean you know it i tell you what makes me mad it's it, it insults my intelligence and i guess they may need to grasp the fact that the the fan base for for the most part are college graduates had fairly high sat scores make enough money to donate to the Hartman Fund to be able to buy tickets, we're not stupid. Just tell it like it is. We're big <laughs> boys, and we can take it. Okay. Okay, so I'm trying to get the show back on track here, okay? Okay, go ahead. Let's talk about the Gamecocks. Let's forget. I, mean, I do want to talk about Joe. I, I can't go forward. I can't. 
Joe Cox says in one mile, and I still like Joe Cox, by the way. I know he has no pocket presence in his wind-up. He's a likable guy. He is a likable guy. He'd probably be a great next-door neighbor. But I'm you telling just don't you, don't need him as a quarterback. A little, a little advice for Joe. Joe needs to – I know Joe says that he doesn't care about criticism, and he's going to forge ahead, and he's going to do his thing. But really – the way he's protesting, you know, he keeps reminding us that he doesn't care about criticism. It seems that he really cares about criticism. Yeah. And to pop off about the fans and everything like that, that's not a good idea because ultimately the fans are paying his check, paying his way, you know. And he needs to just buckle down and play some football. I am confident, old dog. That we did not see his best. We could not have possibly seen his best. That cannot be his best. I know that's not his best. And we need to see his best game, or we need to see a significant improvement this week. And that's what his focus needs to be. Not telling us every day about how he doesn't care what we think, because we've never played football in Division One. you know? I get that, okay? I get it. I hear that all the time. People tell me every day, oh, you never played football in Division One, you know? Well, I never had AIDS before either, but I know I don't want it, okay? Right, and you know, and I never played golf on the PGA Tour, but I know when somebody's screwing up. <laughs> right, I know when the wheels are coming off, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I just want to see Joe Cox perform. I want to see him get his best game. I want it for his sake, for our sake, for the Bulldogs' sake, you know? So... I'm cool with that. So going on to the South Carolina game. Let's talk about the South Carolina game. We've got a team coming into Athens. Neither team, since Steve Spurrier joined the Gamecocks, neither Georgia nor South Carolina has scored more than 18 points in a game in the last five meetings. Okay, These Gamecocks scored seven points against, I think we all would agree, a much inferior defense to what Georgia's got. A much inferior team, period. So I'm expecting a pretty low-scoring game out of South Carolina. I think our defense is pretty active, pretty fired up. I think we're going to have some turnover opportunities. I think we're going to have a chance to make a name for ourselves on the defensive side of the ball this week. The problem, as everybody knows, is that South Carolina's got a pretty dang good defense. I think they've got a defense that's at least as good as Oklahoma State's defense. And I think we're going to have probably a say I would probably say better. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They're at least as good as Oklahoma State's defense, and they're going to put more pressure on Cox. They're going to put more pressure on King and Richard Samuel and Logan Gray and Brandon Smith and our offensive line. Their defensive line is not undersized like like Oklahoma State's offense, defensive line was. So we are going to need all around a much better game out of our offense to get points on the board this week. Old Dog, what do you think we need to do in order to get that done against these Gamecocks? Well, you know, it's always such a good – it is a low-scoring game, and it's a it's a big rivalry game for the Gamecocks. It's turning into a little one for us, too. I mean, it's probably the third or fourth one there. Both offensive last week were just totally ineffective. Uh, Gamecocks had 256 yards uh, total offense. Only time they scored a touchdown when was NC State put the ball down on the 13 form mm-hmm. or so. Uh, we had one more yard total offense than they did. And outside of our, our opening drive, which looked great, we were pretty much totally ineffective too. So a lot of this is going to be who can regroup, get their offense together, and play like a real SEC team. And uh, – 
you know, we need to hopefully dominate the line of scrimmage. I, I totally agree. I mean, that, that we need to do that on both sides of the ball. Because as we know, Stephen Garcia, the quarterback for South Carolina, he is not very good under pressure. He no, he's not. Is I and as hard as this might be believed for some Georgia fans, I believe he's much less polished and much less pressure worthy than Joe Cox is. Yeah, if I've, we can get some pressure on this kid, he will make major mistakes. He will. The problem that we had, though, that was evident in the last game, is we are not able to put pressure on the quarterback just rushing three or four people. Right. And we have got to do something. I mean, if you looked at that NC State game that South Carolina played on a big, big Thursday night, uh, Garcia just fell apart any time pressure was on him. But, again, the only time NC State got pressure on him was when they blitzed. And Coach Martinez, please, Look at that film, see what went on, and put it on. The kid, he, he'll leave the pocket as quick as he can. He has happy feet back there. He doesn't throw a good pass when he's under pressure. Don't worry about him beating you with the long play. Get pressure on him. Make him scramble, and when he does, he's not worth a darn. They don't have the receivers or the quarterback to score with the big play. I think you're totally right. I want to sell out to pressure. And We've got to. They have young, young running backs, much like we do, who I think are going to have a hard time seeing, reading, and picking up blitzes. So we need to, I think, you sell out to the pressure, you know, and just and make, make Steven Garcia beat us with his brains and his arm. I yeah. believe that's a. I think that's a bet we want. I think that's a bet we can win. Absolutely, and if Garcia can beat us with brains and arm, then so be it. Then exactly, then so be it. Now on on our side of the ball, we're going to have to get you know better protection because listen, South Carolina has really good defensive in play. They have a great. They have a future NFL guy in uh, Eric Norwood who can bring pressure on a blitz, who can make open field tackles, and can drop back into nickel coverage as well. And I tell you, and, and they've got a real good offensive or defensive coordinator in Ellis Johnson. Yes, no doubt about it. I mean, that guy knows defense. Sure. He's good, and he's going to bring a good game plan, and we're going to struggle to score points. I, I don't have any doubt about that. But I just we just need to score more than South Carolina. We've got to play better on offense. We're also going to have to protect the ball, obviously. We're going to because, and I think it's going to be harder. I, the only thing I'm worried about, I think it's going to be harder to protect the ball this week than it was last week. Yeah. I think fumbles and interceptions are a greater looming threat than they were last week, because um, I'm just I'm really worried about South Carolina's defense. And um, well, and I mean, and and again, this is always traditionally a low-scoring game, and it's one on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, look at last year. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was, I mean, we scored what one, you know, two field goals and a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yeah. And if it wasn't for a fumble going into the end zone, we probably would have gone to overtime. Well, you know, we got a pick off Chris Smelly on the 10-yard line. I yeah. mean, they're down by seven, and they're on our 10, 
you know, and they throw a pick in the end zone. If it, I mean, so really, turnovers and defensive play, we've got to not turn it over and put our defense in a bad position. And if and when we do, our defense is going to have to rise to the occasion. And uh, nobody's more, you know, more concerned about putting the game on the back of Willie Martinez and our defense than me. But right now, that's where we are. On offense also, you know, Richard Samuel says, you know, he's going to work harder this week to not come, not be taken down by shoestring tackles and things like that, you know. So, I I, I mean, all around, I'm really hopeful for for better production out of our offense. Well, I mean, and, you know, there's no reason to beat a dead horse to death, but let's just all get our hands around the fact that our offensive production last week was dismal, and hopefully that was just a – an aberration, and it can and, be better. And it, well, it's got to be absolutely because because if it ain't any better than it was last week, then we'll never win a football game this year. Whew. That's where we are, dog fans. <laughs> but having said all that, I'm still huge. I mean, you know, I can't wait to get to the game. I can't wait to have the dogs back in Athens. I'm still I've, excited to be a oh, bulldog. Absolutely. I can't. I can't wait for my first no Sean Kool Aid. Yeah, we're gonna be rocking it, Section 107, man. I mean, that's where we sit. The dogs are our team. Coach Rick's my coach. And I'm going to dance and, with the girl who brought me. And, you know, and, and believe it or not, we're going to be cheering for the dogs longer and louder than anybody else in that stadium. You got that we right, We love brother. them, and, and I think they're going to win. I mean, you know, I, I know I'm a negative nabom here, but it's just I, we're, we're going to take the Gamecocks, and uh, we've just got to play better, and I think we will. Lord knows we've got all the talent in the world. All we got to do is be able to coach it and do it. Let's just, guys, we got to get better on special teams. We need better returns. We need to get better punt returns and better kick returns, and we've got to limit. Now, the good news is South Carolina does not have the the weapons on offense that Oklahoma State had. They don't have a Des Bryant. They don't even have a Paris Cox. They don't have these really hot-to-trot kick returners, punt returners, so we should have an easier job of limiting that, but we still got to actually do it, you know. Just have it because the job's easy doesn't make it happen. So I'm hoping that we can limit their return yards and the punt and the special teams games. But um, we just got to get it. I mean, I just I just want a complete game so bad. Dog fans, I mean, I, you know, there's not much to say. Right now, there's just not much to say. We're, we're licking our wounds just like you guys are. You guys know as well as I do what we've got to do. We did real good on penalties last week. We didn't have a whole lot of penalties. We had some bogus penalties thrown against us, some bad flags thrown against us. But overall, I thought we played a pretty disciplined game when it came to penalties. Old Dog, we haven't talked about that, but really... Our discipline on the on both sides of the ball was pretty good, and our aggressiveness on defense was great. We've got to maintain that, and we're just going to have to get better on offense and not turn the ball over. Yeah, and and just don't do stupid stuff on special teams. Yeah, and and please kick the ball into the end zone. And you know, I mean, if and you can't poo-poo this game. Our our main man Rennie Kern, whose Kool Aid is is winning right now. Yes, has said UGA's reputation is at stake in this game against South Carolina. Yes. And I've got to agree, because i tell you what, one one game can just be an aberration. If we play this week like we did last week, it's it's all over. Because we're playing against a good defense this week. 
and there is you know it's it's it if if we can here I guess what I'm trying to say is if we can play good on offense this week I think last week would have been judged as an aberration because playing good against South Carolina's defense is going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. This ain't no cupcake defense we're playing this week. So Absolutely not. if we can put it together on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to be feeling pretty good. But like you said, if we can't, I'm going to be feeling pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. South Carolina has never in the history of their football program opened a season with two road victories. Never. So we have a lot at stake, Rennie Curran. You're exactly right. There is a lot at stake. Oh, there definitely is. So I, on that note, I, well, one more, let's, let's, I got one more thing. I got go one ahead. more thing I want to talk about. A lot of people are giving Coach Bobo heck, and not not the least of which us, about his play calling last week. And I just want to encourage Coach Bobo to to maintain because you know I know you've given we've given a lot of talk about the scripting of plays and stuff, and we've talked about last week. You know the first drive looked great, and every drive after that looked bad. The first drive, the first ten plays. Well, 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 wait a minute. I I don't think we had a drive after the first set. Okay, the first drive was a scripted set of plays that was predetermined predetermined before we ever got to the stadium, but predetermined months ago, okay, weeks ago, um, days ago. The point being, when he has months and weeks to think about it, he can put together 10 great plays. But when he's making it up on the fly, it seemed that Coach Bobo's creativity really suffered last week. So I'm just really hopeful that Coach Bobo, I've called him a football scientist, and I'm really hoping he can put it together this week and that our guys can execute Coach Bobo's plan. We've got well, to get my only hope is he can just remember everybody he's got playing for. Him. Right, and use them all. You know, yeah, get them exactly. involved in the game. And I want AJ Green and Michael Moore and Marlon Brown involved so bad I can't stand it. I so, mean, you know, we we've got we've got a lot of weapons out there. Let's use them all. And if one ain't working, let's try another one. I mean, remember, please, Coach Rick. You were the guy that jerked Matthew Stafford's ass out of the game against Colorado and put in Joe Cox because Matthew Stafford wasn't getting it done. You know, that reminds me of another point. I know this is a weird show, dog fans, but we're just talking here. If Logan Gray is so good that he's and so shifty that he can be considered as a legitimate punt returner, how can he not be a better option for the wild dog or the wild cat or whatever you want to call it? You know, South Carolina calls there's the wild cock. That direct snap run play. How can he not be a better option for that play set than Brandon Smith? He's been in the program longer. He can throw better. I don't know that he can run any worse. I mean, I don't know if he can run better or not, but how could Logan Gray not be the guy for that wild dog offensive formation? He can certainly make better decisions. I know. Why do we got Brandon Smith running the wild dog? He's a true freshman, and we've got this all-world Logan Gray sitting on the bench. Logan Gray has to be a better choice for the wild dog offense. I'm just saying. I'm not saying... I'm just saying. Well, but, you know, the concern is we just, with all summer to prepare, we we just look like in this first game we we weren't prepared. We did not do a very good job. Hopefully the coaching staff has ruled, gotten together, and we're actually going to come out this week and play like a Georgia team. 
I hope and so. That's all we want. Let's just make this the first damn game of our season because the game against Oklahoma State was certainly not Georgia football. I agree. And on that note, I'm ready well, to wrap let, this let, show up. Well, let's, let's end it with a joke that I told a couple of years ago, and for some new listeners, they may not have heard it. <laughs> Why does Steve Spurrier wear a visor? Answer, to hide the circumcision scar. <laughs> That is still a great joke, my friend. <laughs> I never true. get tired of picking on Steve Spurrier. The old ball coach is going to be calling his old ball plays on the old ball field. And he puts the old in ball coach, you know? Yes, he does. And there's nobody whose visor I'd rather see him thrown. There's nobody I'd rather beat. I'm telling you. When it comes right down to it, Steve Spurrier is still the antichrist of college football. There's even no though doubt hum- about it. Even though he's humbled, I'm like a poker player trying to get my money back, and I never get tired of beating him. If we beat him every time he ever comes between the hedges, every time we ever go to williams Bryce, I will never, ever get tired of it. No. And, Dog fans, on that note, I'm calling for a big Bulldog victory this week. I think we will score... I'm going to tell you we're going to score more than 18 points this week. And we're going to beat. We're going to score more than 18 points, and we're going to beat the Gamecocks. We're going to win 14-7. to <laughs> As my dad used to say, think of the craziest thing you could think of. That's what's going to happen. And us scoring 18 points against the Gamecocks would be crazy. You got that right. <laughs> Dog fans, I know it's been a weird show. We're in a weird place. The dogs haven't lost an opening week game since 1996, and yeah. I am feeling uh, feeling kind of uh, on unshaky unsh- ground here. I'm a little uncertain of myself. So I appreciate you listening. Hopefully we'll be in a better mood and we'll be a lot more funny after this South Carolina game. Until then, go dogs. Hey, guys. It's Heidi from Bentonville, Arkansas. The game was horrible. Let me tell you, here in Arkansas, it's all Razorbacks, all Razorbacks. My husband has lived here his whole life. Razorbacks, Razorbacks. The whole time we've been married, I have never once had to worry who was going to win the game between the dogs and the hogs. I'm worried. Last night, we were watching the news, and Bobby Petrino is all over the news, talking about how they are going to be so ready for Georgia. They're bringing it. I'm nervous. We need to do something to help. Thanks. Hey, guys, this is Nick from West Georgia again. I guess you guys got a cut off on my voicemail link, so I'll try to make it a lot quicker. Like I said, you guys were right about uh, dead on about being a second-tier program or a first-tier program, old dog. Um, like I said, uh, we got to go ahead and get off the Joe Cox Kool-Aid and go ahead and get, get some of these other kids some game experience so that we don't ruin the season, um, you know, lose a couple early and then have a kid come in there and us play well like in 07 and could be in the national championship, but because some early losses keep us out. Um, like I said, we, like you guys said, you're right as far as that goes. We need to get those things straight. We need a special teams coach. It's not high school ball. You know, we need to, we need to get that stuff corrected. And we need, like you guys said towards the end of last year, our guys are not playing like, like their hats are on fire. You know, they're, they're not, it's, it almost looked nonchalant Saturday, you know, down by 10, and we were just we were just there to be there. So, I don't know. Uh, there's definitely a lot of things that need to be fixed, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I know we always talk about defense, but I think Willie knows this is this is it. If he doesn't have a good year this year, then he's going to be gone, we hope, anyway. But, 
wish you guys luck. Appreciate what you do. And uh, go dogs.